another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast, brought to you in part by Sazeem Media. I'm your host, Steve Semino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with us, as always, is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Happy 2017. Uh, yes, I was about to say that. Likewise. <laughs> well, I got the jump on you. Uh-huh. First episode of the new year. Very exciting. Yes. Busy Same time. great content, new new ish website for everyone who's been to the inrealdeep.com. If you're if you're savvy, you'll notice it's changed. Most people will probably have no idea, yeah, but yeah. we're expecting a lot more stability and a lot more uh, great stuff coming your way this year as a result. Yep, yep, and it's a very busy time of year for us because uh, awards season is upon us. End of the year. Well, we do our end of the year later than most people because we don't get to see all the fancy screenings and go to film festivals and whatnot so yeah we're regular folks we have to pay our way like that, we're common man that's part of our appeal i like to think we're regular just like just like you you listeners yeah we see things three four weeks after they come out andrew watches a lot of crap on on demand we're very we're very much like everybody else 13 hours was this week that's finally on uh <laughs> finally we're not gonna an- talk about 13 Amazon hours prime ago. yeah <laughs> We're going to talk about a much better movie today than 13 Hours, I would say. We're going to talk about La La Land. Yes. Awards season frontrunner, critical darling, regular darling, you know, box office success so far, and pretty much one of the biggest hits of the end of 2016 and going into, we should have a nice long shelf life too. It's it's been pretty much universally acclaimed, I would say, at this point. Yes, um, I've seen I've seen nary a negative word for the most part. And, and you, can, least, you can you can understand why after you see the movie. It's just yeah, good, good music, great performances. It's it's light and airy in a lot of ways, and um, a real a real throwback. Um, and uh, you know, the first first movie I thought of was was Singing in the Rain, and uh, I think that's a good good point of comparison. Um, yeah, and which is a similarly uh, light, airy, wonderful film you know that you just can i admit that i've never seen singing in the rain you can admit that i'm, I'm not actually that surprised because i feel <laughs> like your 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 classic film knowledge kind of cuts off i need to get that film stuck or whatever yeah yeah I'm, I'm actually thinking about getting that um but it's not on like roku or anything yet it's like only oh, okay. ipad only until i can get it on a big 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 screen in my house it's it's, it's on hold but um, yeah my classic film knowledge is very very correct it's I've seen a lot of recent crap, but not a lot of the good stuff in the past. So, uh, well, we can talk about singing in the rain later a little bit. I did write a film one hundred and one piece on it, but it, it's it's you an inter- it's an interesting point of reference. You wrote a review of La La Land, which everyone should go read before right. they listen to this episode. Very yes. good review. Yes, yes, um, and that's spoiler free. So if you're listening to this, we will delve into spoilers at some point. Um, so, Which are uh, not really, per- I mean, it's still pretty enjoyable no matter what. But we will talk, as usual, we will talk about it in detail. It's not like a Star Wars film or something like no. that, where people <laughs> care a lot about that sort of thing. Um, yeah, tell us what you thought. As the review writer, give us your. You already said it's you know it's light and it's airy and it's like, and like we both said, it's pretty much. It, I think both of us, neither one of us, are huge musical fans right, or even like right. you know relatively big musical fans. I think we both went into a little wary, and you yeah. warned me even before I saw it that I might not like it. But I think within a couple of minutes, we were both pretty captivated. Yeah, well, I mean, so more recent comparison points, I would say, are the artist um, and uh, and uh, and Birdman. Um, yeah, Birdman more because it's sort of a 
this is also a movie about about art and artistry um and the artists because it's you know it's this this movie is such a throwback um that as i wrote in the review uh it, it took me a while to sort of adjust to it because like the movie is like kind of shot out of a cannon from the from yes. like the, the the age depicted in like Hail Caesar, right? So it's like um, they really just don't make movies like this anymore, um, and uh, it's kind of like it's kind of uh, you're kind of a gape just just seeing it on the screen. You know, it, it opens with this this musical number on a freeway, and uh, and people are sort of like singing and dancing on top of cars. And um, I, I actually thought like I, I was a little worried you you weren't going to like it very much because um, it's just I did not like the first opening sequence i was just very I, I mean it was technically amazing but i was just like uh, this is what this is gonna be just a bunch of people bursting in a yeah. song and I, that, that that made me wary for sure it's i and i i was like thinking about you and knowing your sort of tastes over the years i, I thought it would be like a little bit too cute for you and a little and very navel gazy i mean it is sort of like um a movie about movies a movie about art a movie about hollywood all these things and um uh, but it's sort of does a great job of being that without being incredibly obnoxious and like twee, yep. um, basically. And, and, uh, and I think that's down largely to, um, the director, Damien Chazelle, who, um, directed our movie of the year two years ago, I guess, whiplash. Mm-hmm. And this is his follow up, And, um, you know, there's, it's great, great music and, and, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are the stars, and they're of course charming and wonderful, both of them. Um, but I think he had some interesting challenges here. Um, one, one is just that Stone and Gosling are not really, you know, I, I put in the review, Debbie Reynolds and, and uh, Gene Kelly, they ain't right. So, um, you know, but I, you know, in, in thinking about this movie, it's like who who would that be, right? Like, you know, I, I thought of Hugh Jackman, right, who's sort of got this kind of skill set in his wheelhouse but he's like the only guy i could think of that's like relatively young um yeah um, in hollywood and and like uh, i'm sure there's some some other folks i could that could sure but, but, like, but like that would carry like a giant movie right like, right giant. there's not like these like singing dancing acting threats really in in hollywood anymore because they, they just aren't that many musicals right i mean they're not and, and there are none like this most of the musicals we get now are adapted from um broadway musicals and um and a lot of those end up being, you know, very stagey, you know, like they're, they're very clear and this is totally original and it takes full advantage of being a movie. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, oh, God, and, yeah. and that's where Chazelle's skill sort of comes in to bring it back to that, that where I started with this, you know, he, he does a lot of things. Um, in this I, f- I, I told, can I like the way I, my girlfriend, the way I put it was like, it was, one of the few musicals, and I haven't seen a ton of musicals, but the ones I've seen that felt like it was in 3D. Right. Like so right. many of them feel like it's like you said, it's staged. Like it's 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 a filmed version, even if it's right. in a real world with real things. When the songs come up, especially, it sort of pulls back and you get a one shot of the person right. who's singing. Right. This one, the camera was swirling and moving around, right. like it just felt very interactive and like it added the whole depth to the musical that I haven't seen in a lot of the ones I've seen, which made it feel a lot more charming, a lot more real, and just didn't just didn't didn't make it feel as cookie cutter and as as straightforward as some of the other ones I've seen that which like you said just really feel like adapted versions of plays yeah and I, I think that uh, I think that was smart in two ways one it just it like you said it keeps you in the it, it doesn't break that sort of spell right of visually of sort of being in the in the story um, 
and the songs feeling really natural. Like, yeah, there's no pullback. Right. And the other thing it really does, I think is, uh, I think it, it did was sort of hide the limitations of, of stone and Gosling who, mm-hmm. you know, are in there for their charm. They're not in there for their ability to sing or dance really. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, that's kind of the, the whole, the whole deal. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, I know you haven't seen singing in the rain, but, um, that is a movie, uh, I think I wrote this in the piece for the site when I wrote about that. You feel like you spend um, half the movie looking at the bottom half of the screen because Gene Kelly is such an amazing dancer, mm-hmm. and it's just like, and you just you're just you're just watching him dance, and and it's it's amazing. It's so physical that it's like it almost doesn't even like matter what what's going on in the upper <laughs> half of the screen. And I think that the, this movie has the same sort of quality um again not the same sort of like technical theatrical skill um from its stars but it has the same the same there's so much going on that you're like you you never feel like you're pulling back and oh it's hugh jackman's big number or oh it's you know whoever it is yeah streep's big number and the into the woods or whatever you know that sort of thing yeah where there's a pause and a and a zoom out and a And you're like, this is, it's not, it's not as, I mean, theatrical is, is a lame word to use because it literally implies theater, but right. it does not feel theatrical, which is, which is a step in, because it's not, it's a movie. Like it's sort of, and, and Chazelle seems to very much understand that, which is further proof after these, this and Whiplash that he's probably the best young director out there because he seems very aware of his strengths and what he can do in, as, you know, a movie maker through this medium. Yep. And like you said, which I think puts it perfectly, he's very aware of his actor. He, as great as Gosling and Stone are, this is not their exact bag. And he makes great use of what they can bring to the table and otherwise allows them to – sometimes there's scenes where they just act. There's no singing. There's no songs, you know. There's just, it just turns into a regular dramatic sort of movie. And then it bursts back into the into the whole thing. And I think that's a great – Really, he allows it to live in both worlds very well. Yep. Yeah. And I think what you said too that I think is really is, and when you know, especially in the context people are putting this in, as you did understandably so with Artist and Birdman, it makes it's you know most people are talking about this as an awards contender, <laughs> in a lot of ways because it's extremely well made and extremely fun, and but also because it hits that you know we love artistry, we love. Hollywood, you know, it, it sort of touches on those themes. And I understand at least at the, if you see, watch the trailer and see the movie, like it does, that's certainly what it's about. But what I liked about this movie so much is it, it also is about just being committed to something and following your dreams, whatever they may be from a professional sense and trying to balance that with the personal side of it. Like that's really what it's about. It's set obviously in Los Angeles and Hollywood and they want to be involved in the entertainment industry in some way, but you don't need to, it's not like Birdman, which was insufferable in a lot of ways because of how directly it tied itself to the entertainment industry. It's not as the artist, as much as I liked it was literally like people want to call it a love letter. That was, you know, such a tribute to old timey Hollywood which is interesting and fun, but like I've literally never thought about the artist since I saw it. Like, <laughs> yeah. saw it, it was fine, and moved on, and then it was, it was sort of weird how much everybody loved it after the fact. That sort of seemed like a joke, like oh, haha, Hollywood can't you know get enough of itself. Yeah. This is going to be the rare movie in this general area that is being rewarded for will be probably grouped in that thing because of what it does, you know, what it is loosely about, but it has so much more to offer than just being strictly about those themes of of being in the industry, you know. 
Right, and uh, I think that's that's sort of yeah. I, I think that's what's what sort of separates it. Um, and like yeah, I've never been so sure that the <laughs> watching. But a, I won't I, feel gross. I won't feel gross when it wins. Right, I right, feel, oh, yeah. I, I've never anyway. I, I was gonna say I, I leaned over to my wife I, right after the number were at the Griffith Observatory, and they're like walking back to the cars, and they're singing about how they're the night. This romantic night is wasted on them because they'll never fall in love. Um, I, I leaned over to my wife and I said, I'm, I'm, this movie's going to win Best Picture. I've never been so sure, like, while watching the movie, that, like, this is going to be the... It's just, it's it's got it's got everything for the academy um and uh and and yes but but without being like like super insufferable i mean i think the interesting thing um like the artist doesn't it didn't it didn't take you anywhere new like it was just a really good silent film which made it kind yeah. of like a it's kind of a freak show right like <laughs> like it's like oh, wow a silent you know silent film um yeah ooh another one of these we can still make them without sound like anyone yeah. who's thought like worried we couldn't make silent films anymore um like this one like the subtext of the film is almost like grappling with its own existence like (laughs) like uh and and mainly through gosling's character who is this you know jazz musician and he starts off um you know as a as as like an ardent like he's 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 about purity right like the 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 jazz greats you know like charlie parker and all those and um and he starts there, and then in the middle of the movie, he ends up in like this jazz fusion band with John, John a character played by John Legend, which has this song that's like actually really great too. But it's it it's not in line with his character. So like his whole his character's whole arc seems to be like something the the movie itself is basically about, which is like when you make this sort of movie, and why I thought this was such a great movie when you make this sort of movie, you can make a, just a pure like piece of tribute art, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, remake, sing it in the rain, call it something else, but, um, but, but do the exact same sort of movie, or you can kind of remix it, which is also what jazz is all about as an art form, right? You, you it's, his character says it's different every time, you know, and that's, that's what he loves about jazz. And mm-hmm. like, this is a, this is a golden age of Hollywood musical, but it's, really adapted to this time i mean the there's there's sort of like a a bit of a cynical edge to it um i would say um and and i mean that in a good way like it's sort of a it matches the tone of modern film i'd say a a lot more um i mean even that first number when you think about it that way yes it's kind of a grading number but um the idea that you would have it in a traffic jam on a freeway um is very modern as opposed to you know what's clearly on a soundstage on like the Warner brothers lot in like the 1950s or something like that. So, um, that's, what's kind of interesting about the movie, I think is it, it says, it says not only is this kind of movie great, but it can be, it can be a modern film. You know, I, I don't know that we're going to get a lot of other La La Lands now. I don't feel like this has, has <laughs> legs as a, as a, it's not like the next comic book film, right. Where we're just going to be having, Twenty of them per year, but um, you know it's it's kind of it's it's kind of great in that in that regard. It's not just a purely sort of a, a love letter to films of old. It's it's also something new and and different, and updated. Sure, and some one of the things we talked about after we both saw it is that, like you said, the things you're describing are not anything 
overly advanced. Like, obviously, it's very technically proficient, and some of the dance numbers. I'm, I know I read about the choreography. You know, they the way they shot it and they put it together, it was extremely complicated in that regard. But the basic notes they hit and the story they tell, which, as you told me, "Singing in the Rain" is the, also this way, is so straightforward and so simple. There's nothing you haven't seen before from a story perspective, but. So few movies hit those notes so perfectly. Like you watch, you watch some, you know, every big budget movie these days for the most part just ignores the basic tenements of storytelling in a lot of ways to get to the bombastic fight scenes and the big set pieces and all that stuff. And that's like fine. Like sometimes Marvel does a decent job of getting, you know, you a sense of, of what's going on. And it's not like they're all train wrecks. But when you hit those notes so simply, like I think Creed did a great job of this too. Just when you when you follow those, it can be a trope and it can be done a million times before. But when you do it right, there's just a there's a core to it that is just yeah. everybody understands and everybody likes. And it's that way. It's a trope <laughs> for a reason, because when you do it right, it succeeds. And right. one thing La, La Land did well, and I think Whiplash did well as well is and why Chazelle is such a great actor is he a director. I mean, sorry, he. <laughs> Allowed. I mean, maybe he can act out of that. <laughs> I, haven't seen him. I haven't seen him apply that trade yeah, just yet. Yeah. But he just very much knows that you need to build to a certain moment, that you need to hit yeah. these elements. Obviously, he loves musicals, but he gets to the core what they're about. And I think that is something that so many of these things try and skirt over, skip past, or or try and do something different. And there's no there's no reward necessarily for being different, but lazy and not doing it like not laying your foundation properly. And I think that's something he does extremely well here. And it pays off because you really are invested in these two characters who are helped by being so charming and so adorable and, and singing and dancing really, you know, nicely in their scenes, but they're they're It feels real and profound and it tells it's has a message and it's accurate, accurately and well delivered. And like, I think those hitting those things is so key. And, and this, it's the really great directors who understand that and, and do it really well when they're trying to tell like a linear narrative type story. Yeah. I think the you know, the the other interesting thing too is uh, I just keep thinking of singing in the rain, but singing in the rain is not really a, it's not a, it's not a truly original piece of art either. Um, and actually, in an ironic sort of twist, it's uh, so none of the songs for singing in the rain were original. The movie was actually intended to sort of as a celebration of the director whose name I'm sort of for, forgetting now, but he wrote all the songs for other movies or other oh. other productions. And then the plot of singing in the rain is about the transition from silent films to talkies. So it's also got a, it's got a movie within a movie, look back on movie history, subtext going on as well. So, I mean, La La Land fits perfectly in that sort of, that sort of tradition in that, in that sense. And, uh, um, you know, I just hope we don't have to wait another 60 years to get another, another movie like this. But, uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a great film. It's a simple film, but it's like, it's one everyone can enjoy, right? It's not, it's not like, and it's easy to enjoy, right? You can, you can show this to a lot of different people and I think they'll, they'll, they'll get pleasure out of it, which even great films, um, some of the best films we've seen this year films you and i like more probably moonlight manchester by the sea those two are probably others that pop up this is why i think it's going to win the oscar too is is that those films the are cross section un- is wider yes those films are uncomfortable to watch in parts i mean i yeah. mean they're great because of that but um they're they're i guess they're like quote unquote not for everyone although i think everyone should see both those films too but but um 
La La Land feels like it's sort of for the masses. Yeah, and you're right. And that's that's a really good clarification. That's definitely what I mean when I say, you know, that it hits all, that it tells the base. Like, when you're trying to make a movie for everyone, for, you know, lack of a better term, you you need, you want to hit these, you right. want to do what La La Land does. And yeah. I think that's something, in, in the way in which it was meant to be delivered, it hits every mark extremely well. And one thing I did want to touch, and I think what, you know, it's, it was really interesting. Like if you read about like, it's one of those movies too, where the preparation and the, how everybody got involved is really interesting. Ryan Gosling taught himself piano to be in this movie. I think he spent about three months just playing piano. I assume nonstop. Cause it's really as a, as a, sort of a late in life. Also trying to adopt piano person. It's pretty good. It's very, very hard to, <laughs> to just jump on the piano and start playing. Yeah. But apparently everything he touched on the piano was his own real doing, which is amazing. Yep. And he t- they taught themselves. Emma Stone, I think, knew how to sing and dance a little bit. But mostly they taught themselves to, you know, obviously hit those marks and sing and dance. And the, 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 the most touching scene, I think, in the entire movie is Emma Stone's song during her audition to the for the big movie she's going for. Yep. Which is a beautiful culmination of everything. And again, and I think it's helped along by the fact that she's not a traditional singer, but she obviously has a great voice anyway. And it's such a like tender, genuine moment. And it's weird to call anything in this sort of movie genuine, but that's, I think that's the balance he really finds. Like you said, is he knows what they can do. And when you only have six songs in a musical, I think you, that's a very good way to space it out with people like that who are not masters of their craft. And it just, it all just like fits so well in what he's trying to accomplish. Like he just seems like the kind of director who, whose vision is uncompromising in the sense that he knows, he knows what kind of movie he's trying to make and he makes it. And again, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's, it doesn't sound complicated, but I just, <laughs> there's so few people who can do anything close to that. Yeah. Like that's just such a unique skill to have that straightforward of a, of an ideal and to, and to follow through on it. Yeah, you said best young director. I don't even know who really would sort of compete with him. I don't, I'm trying to think of young directors. He's 31 years old, so that's insanely yeah. young for two, yeah. you know, renowned movies that pretty much everybody. It's young, younger than me. <laughs> yeah, same age as me. I've directed zero hit movies. <laughs> zero, zero hit. <laughs> Not movie. even any plus. Yeah, are so. you and Miles Teller working on anything you want to tell us about, or <laughs> yeah. J.K. Simmons I read, too? Did you read that Miles Teller was supposed to be in this movie? Oh God, thank God he wasn't. And oh, that's that's what yeah, that's what we were talking about. And he was he was fired. He wasn't fired because he wasn't officially hired. But during Whiplash, apparently Giselle said, "Miles Teller, I'd love for you to be in La La Land," because I think he got the sense that like he was getting some buzz and they were going to be able to make it. Yeah. And then his agent, Miles Teller's agent, eventually reached out to him and said, "Hey, Miles Teller, you're out of the movie." And he texted Damien Giselle and said, "What the fuck, bro?" <laughs> the Damien Chazelle explained I think you know basically it was probably like look they gave me a lot of money and I'm gonna hire Ryan Gosling instead of you like that's that's kind of a no brainer <laughs> god of course he said what the yeah, fuck yeah I do bro. not want to see Miles Teller singing and dancing like I, Miles Teller's fun in, in the doses I've seen him in but I'm, I think he can go the war dogs path at this point as opposed to the the La La Land path well he's clearly gonna be like kind of a douchebag type for a long time I mean even yeah. even in Whiplash he's kind of a kind of a douchebag. Yeah, you root for him, but he is kind of a prick. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, he's not he's no Ryan Gosling, sorry. He is no Ryan Gosling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, Andrew, there's there's a there's an elephant in the room that I'd like to talk about a little bit. And I think it's we've talked about it before in various contexts. This is your elephant, by the way. I don't not, I don't think there's an elephant in the room the, at it's all. It's the world elephant that I'm okay. bringing into the 
that I'm bringing into our conversation just because I want to talk about it a little bit because I think it's interesting. And I don't think it necessarily applies here in a real detrimental way. I just I just feel like it would be we it's be negligent of us not to at least address it because I, I think it's interesting to have these conversations. So La, there's been some stories on La La Land since it came out about how it promotes a sort of white savior of jazz because we haven't really talked about it too much here, weirdly enough, but Ryan Gosling wants to open a jazz club. And as a, you mentioned this though, he's a, he's a big uh, supporter of old time, real honest jazz music, as opposed to the sort of the shit John legend was putting out there in the middle. And then really just, you know, the, the homogenization and the, the mainstream acceptance of jazz as it's come to be known. in maybe the last, you know, however many decades. So, some people have said that that's uh, problematic because Ryan Gosling is a skinny white dude and Damien Chazelle is a skinny white dude and it's awkward to have them be sort of the... Well, some people have taken it to a far extent and said that Ryan Gosling's character is trying to save jazz. I don't think that is evident. I think that's a very curious interpretation of the movie because Ryan Gosling wants to open a jazz club in Los Angeles Basically, for because he likes it himself. Like, I don't think there's yeah. ever a mention of saving the art form in any real way. No, nor does anyone think that's a realistic proposition. He, but, well, he, his character laments the, the the decline of jazz. But sure. I agree that he, there's no the movie's not about saving jazz. I, I don't. I just don't get that interpretation. I, I yeah. So yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't get that interpretation, and I think. You know, it's it, it, when you when you have conversations like this, with the abundance of, uh, of publishing platforms and the, the aimed different types of people, very specific subsets of people, it can be that itself can be problematic because you you people come at this you know with I assume good intentions of shining light on something or asking a question or being curious or being you know raising an eyebrow, but when it, when you're publishing online now, it's about getting a ton of clicks. You know, and and you can't have a lukewarm take. You got to have a hot take. You can't just yeah. say this is curious. You got to say this is problematic or this is an issue. I just want to talk about it because I understand, at a general sense, that jazz over the last, you know, ever since its, you know, creation by African Americans has been twisted and misused by people and adopted by white people in less than you know honest ways from where it really came from, as of many art forms throughout time and space. You know time infinite but i i don't think this is the hill to die on on that front like this is this is you know it's i could see the eyebrow being raised but i think this movie you, you're giving this movie too broad of a uh an end game or too broad of a of a focus like i think this movie what like we said one of the things we like so much about it is it's not about hollywood it's not about acting it's not about being a jet like that's that's not the sole crux of the movie. Those are the professions the characters hold, and it's certainly, you know, the, the scenes where Emma Stone has auditions, and you know, it's and Ryan Gosling, you know, laments that the samba tapas place is is you know taking over his favorite jazz club. Those are very funny and very sort of specific to what they're trying to accomplish, but it's broad appeal and it's and it's you know focused on just being trying to balance a pro professional dreams. That's the movie. That's the whole point of it. So to get bogged down in the minutia of the jazz album, it seems like you're you're missing the forest for the trees to a certain extent yeah i have very little patience for this this discussion but uh i'll, I'll, I'll just say two things one i think in all seriousness this is what makes it so difficult for 
people to have a reasonable discussion about any of this stuff because you take a movie like La La Land and say that's the problem. I mean, give me a break, you know, like we, we talked about this sort of, uh, I think on the moonlight podcast a little bit, but, um, you know, <laughs> like appropriation of, of black culture is, is obviously a thing that's real, but I don't think, you know, this is not about, the movie is not about saving jazz for starters. And, uh, and, and anyone who thinks it's about that saw a different movie than I did. Um, <laughs> And, and, and probably went into the theater with a, you know, with, with, with their mindset. But I, I really think this is the type of stuff that's really harmful to actually having any discussion about, about, about this stuff. And the other thing I'll say is, you know, uh, in the same vein is, you know, it, for some people, um, if all you have is a hammer, all you see is nails. And so every movie with white people is going to probably slight you in some way. You know, I, I don't, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of, a lot of patience, patience for, for that. Um, I, I just, I don't know what to say. I, I, I yeah, just, no, you don't, didn't, <laughs> I don't want to hoist you by your own petard or anything. I just think, like, well, I think I'm I think not turning into Pepe the frog or anything. Am I? No, uh, I think you're still good. I think you're, <laughs> you still have a good tracker. <laughs> I, I'm serious about it. I think it makes it, I think it's harmful to actual dialogue. Um, like yeah, I think, I think it's, I agree. And it's like I said, I think I'm I'm intrigued to read what, what, what that sort of thing makes me want to do is read like a lengthy book or essay on the history of jazz in the United States and how it's, you know, morphed over the years and changed. And like that is really interesting to me. The 300 word blog post hot take on it as it relates to La La Land is not that interesting. <laughs> like there's it's not the form or the medium to share that sort of conversation. And that's unfortunate. And that's sort of the world we live in to a certain extent where that's the way you're more likely to be exposed to it. But what you know, what people who who want to have reasonable conversations is to find those you know to delve more deeply into a topic and not just respout the blog post you read that gave the most barest details on a infinitely nuanced 80 year old conversation that's been happening amongst you know people in, in the country in the art form in you know in that sort of industry like there's there's a lot more to it than that so i, I think we're both in general i think you have less patience for it than i do but i think we both agree that that's not i just I, I, I don't understand how you could settle on that as a as a, a point a, a large point of the film when when um gosling's character is is basically mocked for the first third of the movie for his like devotion well actually throughout the movie for his devotion to this this sort of old old craft um you know like the i thought it was interesting too like when he plays the scene like i thought the john legend parts gang back to the actual movie itself yeah. The John Legend parts were probably the parts that could have been cut the most. That was yeah. probably the least relevant. Like you probably could have gotten that done without, like having the whole that whole be a separate storyline. He could have just joined a band, maybe. But it was good. I mean, that that like you said, that song was really catchy that they yeah. played. Yeah, and really I liked good. in that scene. What I did like is when he's playing that song for that crowd. He's actually enjoying himself. Like. He has a big smile on his face like he knows it's sort of stupid and sort of goofy. And later on, he goes on to lament it more when he's faced with the reality of it. But I got the sense in that scene that he was actually like, this is pretty fun. Like, I have a 2,000 people screaming, you know, and cheering for me. And I got to do a little solo. And it's a catchy tune. Like, so it sort of showed how it can be tempting. You know, it can be and, and not necessarily a bad temptation. Like, it can you can just give in to the 
to the joy of trying to create a popular, you know, sort of fusion idea that is not true to your ideals, but is fun to play and more lucrative. Like that's not a bad thing. It's, it's, it's if it's not what you want, you shouldn't pursue it, right. but there are perks to it for sure. And I think right. that was, they didn't really slam the, the you know modern alternative as no, bad or just said like this is just it's, it's a little more soulless and a little less full of substance and just a little shittier but it's got its perks as well yeah well i, I guess the, the other thing i'll mention since we brought up john legend is like if john legend came out and said something like you know this that yeah. he, even if he was in the movie and he said something like that that might perk my ears up a little bit more um but like yeah. i mean john legend seems like a pretty pretty woke guy who knows a lot about jazz so if he's not coming out and <laughs> saying that sort of thing <laughs> then i'm not really that 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 worried about it right um so it's sort of like and again, it's a loose comparison but like how naomi harris in moonlight said she didn't want to play you know black right. women who echo stereotypes right and then people asked her you know well then why did you do moonlight she's like well when is a great movie and a great when it has and the ideals and is genuine and real then it, you sort of change it to, I'm, I'm paraphrasing her, of course, but maybe you don't need to nitpick every little thing or stick to it when, when you're dealing with someone who's coming at it from a place of understanding and empathy well, and, and trying to tell a good story, but just set in that, in that with a different, you know, with right. a mindset that previously you might've found problematic or not what you're into. And in the context of Moonlight, when the director and the writer both had mothers who were crack, Certainly. addicted to crack, it's a little different. And, and in that sense, Damien, Chazelle's bona fides are sort of, um, I mean, I yeah, guess he's white, but exactly. he's 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 a pretty unimpeachable. Otherwise, I mean, he's a jazz musician. You know, he went to school for it. Um, you know, obviously, it didn't really work out, but he figured it out. Figured it out. Um, yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, but like he's more he's, for jazz now than he would have had as a jazz musician anyway. Right. So. right. And so <laughs> it's, it's not like he, he he doesn't seem like someone that. Um, that uh, that doesn't appreciate all all of that all of that stuff and you know I mean the other thing is I, I I guess the only thing I would add is that you know yes jazz is you know was appropriated in the, in the past and 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 that's an and to be fair neither one of us are jazz experts in no but and that's an uncomfortable history but uh, you know like it or not jazz one of the areas it lives on in is like music schools that Jamie and Giselle like went to, you know? So that's just yeah. a fact of now, uh, and jazz not being like as popular of an art form as it, as it used to be. Um, so again, sure. yeah, as, neither as of us are like, musical history experts or jazz, jazz history experts, but, um, like we said, musicals are not a very popular art form anymore either. So things wane and then you can sort of re and then you can rework them and bring them back. And like you said earlier, that's sort of the, the very thing Ryan Gosling espouses in the beginning of the movie. So, okay, just I just like to I, – I, I think it's interesting. I like, you know, you and I have done enough podcasts where we both just go, this is great. You should go see it. <laughs> I, like, I like getting into the minutia of things a little bit. I think there's room for that conversation. Like I said, I think there's just – I'd rather hear someone talk, have a conversation about it than read someone's short blog post on it. Well, as I wrote in the review, I think we're going to be talking a lot about this movie over the next six weeks I think so, so, too. It may it may pop – I'm sure so, it will pop back up on In Real Deep uh, yeah, in conversations I, as well. I'm sure there's going to be more more hot takes to come. Oh yeah, when it gets when all those noms come in, when it wins the golden couple golden globes, yeah. I'm sure the golden yeah. globes are gonna love this even more, man. Yeah, those, are, those are tonight. So uh, by the time this this hits the the site, well, the, the golden globes are probably won't yeah. Won I imagine that I believe the star fuckers tonight are gonna have a field day with La La Land. <laughs> if I had to guess. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
All right, Andrew. Any any final comments? Any last thoughts? I think, in my mind, and it, it, it's it's interesting year, and I will again we'll delve back into this plenty more times. But the three movies that are most renowned, yeah. I think, are the three best, which is which, and, and I'm sure there's there's other like I said, neither one of us has seen every movie. I'm sure there's a lot of like, and there's a lot of actually a lot. This actually ended up being a very good year, which it seems really shaky in like the summer. It just did not seem like it was going to break well. Yeah. But I think Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, and La La Land getting the most critical acclaim for sure across you know all platforms. And I think, frankly, those are the three best movies I've seen this year. So very different, various reasons. But it's interesting that critical consensus is it seems like it's going to fall in line with you know with with uh, across the board. Yeah, I I I wouldn't go as far as saying I think those are the three best I've seen necessarily. Um, okay. But but uh, I, they're I, I guess usually it feels like <laughs> the Oscar front runners. Um, you know, there usually ends up being you know a couple of them that are just not universally loved. I mean, like Birdman even won, and um, oh, last yeah. last year. I mean, we both liked The Revenant, but I don't think The Revenant was. Um, I didn't. I certainly didn't want. Didn't think it should sweep everything. Yeah, and then you know. Anyway, what I'm getting at is that yes, it's 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 kind of nice to see. I mean, these are th- 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 any of those three movies would be very deserving. I'd be very happy to see them sort of win win best yeah. picture and get, get a lot of a lot of accolades. Like you said, we'll kind of get into the year end discussion. Um, oh, yeah. I, I just I think you're right. I think I agree totally with what you're saying. I would personally, I personally had some other favorites that I I really liked, but. Um, but uh, these three are almost; those three are almost certainly going to be in our forthcoming top ten list for both of us. So um, it's just weird that because usually you and I and most people decry the you know big awards banquets and such for for choosing things you know like you said choosing one thing that just annoys the hell out of everybody or one thing that's overrated or one thing that we wish had you know been uh, hadn't been so beloved and it'll be interesting to have three. That are even though like you know like we also said, I think we know when it gets down to the nitty gritty what's going to take home a lot of the big awards at this point. But hey, we'll see. It'll be nice to have. It'll be nice to be probably okay with what you know with whatever takes home a lot of the awards. <laughs> probably okay. Less, yeah, less thirteen hours. Thirteen hours might sneak in there. And then... <laughs> well, everyone loves it as much as you did. I did not love it, but uh... you didn't like John Krasinski action star. Um. That wasn't my biggest problem with the movie, but it was a little odd you, for sure. Are you going to write a 13 hours review? No. <laughs> and backdate it eight months? Yeah, no. Okay, let's get No. Oh, uh, well, La La Land is in theaters right now, uh, pretty much everywhere, I imagine, in the country. So definitely go see it. Uh, if you get a little shaky in the first 10 minutes, stay Stick calm. With it, I man. was ready to. I was ready to just full-on debate Andrew on this podcast with <laughs> my potential hatred, and then I was fully sucked in and and fully loved everything that happened after that. Yeah. So I think it is it is one of those rare movies that if it's up your alley at all, if you like singing, if you like dancing, if you like acting, if you like good movies, technically proficient filmmaking, it's got pretty much everything you could want, which is a rare uh, combination these days. Yeah, if you want to smile. Yeah, if you want to smile, escapism is okay sometimes. Not everything needs to be, you know, like we said, Moonlight and Manchester are both very serious, tough ones to get through. Yeah. <laughs> Though not horribly depressing in their own endings, but but no. still a lot of sometimes it's a slog if you if you're if you want to just have a good two hours. And if you see La La Land, even though the ending is a little 
less is a little more bittersweet than you might expect you're gonna have a good two hours getting there yeah you can leave the tissues at home <laughs> yeah i cried a little bit but i didn't need tissues i just could just wipe uh, away with it are you a crier i'm a crier when when things get when things are you know lava land made you cry there, really you didn't cry no <laughs> you didn't cry when emma stone was singing her song to the audition people no i don't cry oh, i don't i don't song. cry i didn't cry in manchester by the sea either oh i teared up at that for sure yeah no, i'm not lo- saying i'm like weeping tears but there's there, i'm welling up and a drippy drop has fallen so. i think i think the uh oh well, i yeah i got i got for as mike Myers okay. would say i guess <laughs> uh uh no the last movie i actually legit cried at was fruitvale station so it's been a bit but i'm oh, not i'm not well, a big yeah not a big movie crier um that's all right that's that's the and that the injustice in that is well worth yeah. the tears so. yeah yeah all right, Andrew. Thank you so much. Like we said, inrealdeep.com, up and running. It's it's, uh, it's as foundationally sound as it's ever going to be. So go check it out. We got a ton of great stuff up there. Andrew wrote about Carrie Fisher. He wrote about the year in movies. We have got a bunch of great reviews up. Yeah. La La Land, Rogue One, 13th, the great Netflix documentary that just came out. Um, there's a ton of podcasts all over the place. Jackie. Al Pacino. So Jackie. Please take a look. Your Jackie review is also up. Jackie review, yeah. Jackie was a thing. That that was a movie that happened. And I think we'll have probably late next week the top ten list, or if not, immediately. We're gonna do a different format this year, I think. But we'll, the best of list is is coming. And as uh, you as you're listening to this, probably in the middle of January, yes, you should head back to NRL Deep. You'll probably will see a best of list, if not now, in the very near future. So yep. look forward to that as well. It's always a hit. Andrew, I love talking about our faves uh, love 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 taking art and jamming it into arbitrary lists it's great <laughs> yeah. choosing 10 because it's a nice round number that we've culturally accepted as the mm. amount of things we're allowed to like yep <laughs> exactly all right everyone thanks for listening as always and we'll be seeing you further on up the road adios